Happy day, Rosal Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping that you are feeling God's love for you and your family, and that you are able to feel that as you spot it on a sunset or sunrise or the flowers or the birds. It can be in a myriad of ways. Um, and it always helps to be on the lookout for it because then you'll find it more often. So I'm excited to be with you to continue on this coverage of Come Follow Me on the Old Testament. Excited that I get to learn more about the lessons as I share those with you. So I hope that you are able to find something that strengthens you, that helps you understand our current state a little bit better, that gives you hope, because I certainly am able to draw that from it. And so always pray and hope and wish that you are finding something in it that may benefit you and your loved ones. So... Uh, the Come Follow Me manual you can get at Desert Books, a physical copy, or you can download the app for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, it has that little uh, Christus with his arms open. Um, that's how you know you're in the right app. Um, you can also go to the web at lds.org and go to libraries and do a Come Follow Me search and it will take you to the current week. So today's coverage covers week of January 10th through the 16th. Uh, we will be reading in Genesis chapters. 3 and 4, and Moses 4 through 5. And the lesson is called The Fall of Adam and Eve. And ah, such a great lesson. I'm excited to share um, some things that I am um, glad, little nuggets that I found. As always, a disclaimer to all of you that are new, um, I'm not a professional podcaster, nor a scriptorian, nor um, anyone else other than someone that's just trying to share something that is important to me, that helps me through life, and um, I apologize, you will hear my little um, family furry family or furry friends, however you want to think about them. They do make noises and sometimes I do get interrupted. So I apologize for all of that. But nonetheless, I hope that you can still get something out of this. So today we are covering uh, the next topics um, the fall was a necessary part of God's plan to redeem his children. What does it mean that Adam was, a was to rule over Eve? God will accept my sacrifices if I offer them with a willing and obedient heart. Uh, and there's a couple of great videos in here that uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to have the time to share with you, but they sure um, bring the lesson uh, together for me because I'm a visual learner. So if you are like me, you will be able to find that as you um, go through the web or the app. Um Okay, so as always, the summary is the best that I could ever hope for. They really were inspired of God to um, put this forth 
not just the summary but the whole manual because it goes along with what we're going through in life but the summary always just to me uh, it just hits key points that we're going to learn so it says here at first the story of the fall of adam and eve might seem like a tragedy adam and eve were cast out of the beautiful garden of eden they were thrown into a world where pain, sorrow, and death are ever-present. And they were separated from their Heavenly Father. But because of the truths restored through the Prophet Joseph Smith in the Book of Moses, we know that the story of Adam and Eve is actually one of hope and an essential part of God's plan for His children. The garden was beautiful, but Adam and Eve needed something more than beautiful surroundings. They needed and they needed and we all need an opportunity to grow. Leaving the Garden of Eden was a necessary first step towards returning to God and eventually becoming like him. That meant facing opposition, making mistakes, learning to repent and trusting the Savior whose atonement makes possible progression and the joy of our redemption. So when you read about the fall of Adam and Eve, focus not on the seeming tragedy, but on the possibilities, not on the paradise Adam and Eve lost, but on the glory their choices allow us to receive. I absolutely absolutely love it so a previous podcast we were reading on both Genesis and the Old Testament and Moses which is in another book called the Pearl of Great Price and that book or um, scriptures we have them because of the Prophet Joseph Smith in this last dispensation. Um, he was led to those by Heavenly Father, and it now just adds clarity to what we read on the Bible. Um, they both go hand in hand, and sometimes it just seems like you're reading the same thing on each book. But there's going to be some golden nuggets that you don't get on the other. And I think when I was explaining to you about the creation, um, the first part in Genesis and the creation, we read from the Old Testament, we read from Moses, and then we read from Doctrine and Covenants. Um, and you could see the difference in the writings. There was just a little more light and clarity as we went through the latest scriptures that we have. And, um, you know, the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Absolutely correct. Uh, the Bible cannot stand alone. Um, as a witness of Jesus Christ because obviously you know there's still all this division from people that you know on who Christ is who's not is he the Jehovah of the Old Testament or just the Christ in the New Testament etc etc and so it really is hard um, to get the whole uh, puzzle put together unless you have more than the Bible. And thank goodness uh, we do. Uh, the Book of Mormon uh, was about a people that left at two different times from the old world. They left on, uh, when the Tower of Babel was happening in the Old Testament. Um, and they became known as the Jaredite nation in the New World. Um, so those were the first inhabitants coming from the Old World to the New World. And then later on, about 600 years before Jesus Christ was born, uh, 
Lehi and his family, a prophet in Jerusalem, um, was being persecuted and threatened to be killed because he was testifying that Jerusalem would be destroyed unless they would repent. And so they were taken out um, and brought back here to the New World um, or the American continent. And uh, we have the writings of the Jaredites and the Nephites and Lamanites in what we call to be the Book of Mormon, but it is known as the second witness of Jesus Christ. So in that, you can find references to the Book of Mormon in the Bible, um, in Jeremiah. Um, there's just lots of connections there, you know, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and they shall hear my voice, etc., etc. You, you know, hear all these scriptures in the Bible. So God did make reference to other people from different areas, and God is the God of the whole world. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the whole world, and it only makes sense that if God spoke to prophets and apostles in the old world, that he would do the same in every land where people are at, uh, and that we would get the same doctrine and the same plan straight across the world, because we are all children of the same Father, God, and Jesus Christ is all of our Savior, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so... Um, you know, uh, that's just what I know, but you will get to see the added difference when we read from the Old Testament and then when we read um, the book of Moses, um, great similarities and just a lot of added clarity on the same stuff that just brings the whole plan into perspective. So so grateful that I get to share that with you and so we're going to read a few scriptures uh, from Genesis 3 16 19 um, and then we're going to go to Moses so here it talks a little bit about the fall or you know the state of things then and so when Adam and Eve fell some things changed as they were um, now needing to leave the garden and um, you know they were giving instruction on what was going to happen to them so this is going into that it says unto the woman he said I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For thou, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shall thou return. Yeah, we were going to have to go through mortality, and it wasn't going to be the best. That's for sure, and I believe you and I have experienced this very well. Um, and so Moses 5.11, let's see what it says here. Um, it talks about how... Uh, Eve found out that actually the fall was going to be for them to progress and she was happy about it 
So it says here, And Eve, his wife, heard all these things and was glad, saying, Were it not for our transgression, we never should have had seed, and never should have known good and evil and joy and the joy of our redemption and the eternal eternal life which God giveth unto all the obedient. So this part that I just read to you is not in Genesis. The part that I just finished reading from Genesis is in Moses as well, but Moses 5.11 is not one simple little verse changes everything uh, to make more sense. So the next section, the fall was necessary, a necessary part of God's plan to redeem his children. Um, we are going to read in Genesis 3, 1 to 7 and Moses 5, 4 through 12. And we'll get to see what that says. Um, and so it says, Adam and Eve's fall brought physical and spiritual death into the world. And it also brought adversity, sorrow, and sin. These all seem like reasons to regret the fall. But the fall was part of Heavenly Father's plan to redeem and exalt his children through the sacrifice of the only begotten of the Father. It says that as we read in Genesis and Moses... Um, we need to look at what truths do you find that help you understand the fall and how Christ's atonement overcomes it. Um, and then it talks about how Adam and Eve offered sacrifices and what that, that symbolized. And uh, why were Adam and Eve glad after the fall? And so... And then there's some great scriptures that bring this whole fall thing into perspective. So I'm going to read on uh, Genesis 3, 1 to 7. And this is where Satan, the serpent, beguiled or tricked Eve. So let's find out what lies he said to her says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons all right, so um, he told them that he they were going to die. They were not going to die. Um, that was the lie that he said. So um, God clearly told them they would die. But um, Satan lied to them. So in Moses 4, um, it says here, so um, there's Moses 4, and Moses 4, um, 
is talking about the fall of uh, Satan, which who he is and why he's after us. And um, I don't want to read all of it to you. I'm just going to read some of it uh, just so you get an idea because this is not quite clear in Genesis. And so um, as you recall in the previous podcast, I, we talked about how both um, Jesus and Lucifer, you know, uh, we're all children of God, but these two um, presented a plan on how to save all of us. And this is the plan. You only hear a little bit of what Jesus Christ said, but you don't hear a whole lot about what Lucifer said. Um, or it's not as clear, but here it is. So it says here, and I, the Lord, spake unto Moses, saying, That Satan, whom thou hast commanded in the name of my only begotten, is the same which was from the beginning. And he came before me, saying, uh, Let's see here. It says, Behold, here am I. Send me, and I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost. And surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor. But behold, my beloved son, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me, Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power by the power of my only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down. And he became Satan, yea, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and to blind men and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. And now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which I, the Lord God, have made. And Satan put it into the heart of the serpent, for he hath drawn away many after him, and he sought also to beguile Eve, for he knew not the mind of God, wherefore he sought to destroy the world. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And he spake by the mouth of the serpent. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but one of the fruit, but of the fruit of the tree, which thou beholdest in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat, neither ye shall touch it, lest ye die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, that, oh, sorry, I thought I skipped something. Yes, I did. And so, and he said unto the woman, Had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which thou beholdest in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest he die. And number 10 says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Number 12 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it became pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make her wise, she 
took of the fruit thereof and did eat and also gave unto her husband with her and he did eat. And number 13, and the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they had been naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God as they were walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam, his wife, went to hide themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst them, amongst the trees of the garden. And I, the Lord God, called unto Adam and said, Where goest thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I beheld that I was naked, and I hid myself. 17. And I, the Lord God, said unto Adam, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? If so, thou shouldest surely die. And the man said, the woman thou gavest me and commanded that she should remain with me, she gave me of the fruit of the tree, and I did eat. And I, the Lord, said unto the woman, What is this thing which thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Number 20. And I, the Lord God, said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou shalt be cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and, this, and the woman, thy seed. Okay, let's try that again. Number 21. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman between thy seed and her seed and he shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel unto the woman i the lord god said i will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy seed shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee and unto Adam I, the Lord God, said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the fruit of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed shall be the ground for thy sake, and sorrow thou shalt eat of it all thy days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring, it forth, to, shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. By the sweat... Okay, sorry. Um, By the sweat of thy face, thou shalt eat bread until thou shalt return unto the ground, for thou shalt surely die, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou was, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. For thus have I, the Lord God, called the first of all women, which are many. Unto Adam, and also unto his wife, did I, the Lord God, make coats of skins and clothe them. And I, the Lord God, said unto my only begotten, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand and partake also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Okay. Therefore I, the Lord God, will send him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. For as I, the Lord God, liveth, even so my words cannot return void. For as they go forth out of my mouth, they must be fulfilled. So I drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden a cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned every day, every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And these are the words which I spake unto my servant Moses, and they are true even as I will. And I have spoken unto them unto you. See thou, show them unto no man until I command you. 
except to them that believe. So, this whole chapter 4 has identical scriptures to Genesis, but it clarifies clearly Satan's plan for you and I and how he, from the beginning, he sought to take away our freedom, our agency. He was going to force us to get back to God with no choice, none. And God did not go for his plan because the most choice and precious thing God had granted unto us in his presence was our agency, our freedoms to be and choose and do. And, you know, Satan wanted to take that away from us and then he wanted God's power and all the glory. And Jesus Christ said, I will just go and do what my father says. I'll be obedient to him. And I will um, atone for all the mistakes these my brothers and sisters will make so that they have a choice to repent if they want to. And so that eventually they can return back to the presence of God again. Um, they will have the freedom to choose, which granted them the same agency that God had given them. And therefore, Jesus' plan was chosen, and Satan did not like it. So, it is clear that Satan's plan is still in effect. He is still after you and my agency. He will bond us to him as slaves in any way, shape, or form as we can, you know, through whatever it is, you know, drugs, money, alcohol, chocolate, whatever type of bondage there is where we lose control over our mind, our bodies, our thoughts, any way that you can think that bondage and slavery can exist, that is Satan working his plan on you and I because that was his goal from the very beginning was to force us to do what he wants. And currently, his main target is to make sure you don't make it back to God again. Therefore, he will lie and deceive you like he did to Adam and Eve um, until he gets his way. And the more we pay attention to him, the more power he has over us. And so, ah, uh, that just makes me mad he's so 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 wicked but the plan is so marvelous that this is what God said to Moses on chapter 5 um, it says here and Adam and Eve his wife called upon the name of the Lord and they heard the voice of the Lord from the way toward the garden of Eden speaking unto them and they saw him not, for they were shut out from his presence. So they could no longer see God. Uh, there was a change, uh, like a physical change in their bodies. Um, and I believe that video explains how uh, they became mortal. You know, they there was now blood going through their veins and all of this so they couldn't see him anymore and it says number five and he gave unto them commandments that they should worship the lord their god and should offer the firstlings of their flocks for an offering unto the lord and adam was obedient unto the commandments of the lord and after many days an angel of the lord appeared unto adam saying why dost thou offer sacrifices unto the lord and Adam said unto him, I know not, save the Lord commanded me. 
number seven and then the angel spake saying this thing is a similitude of the sacrifice of the only begotten of the father which is full of grace and truth wherefore thou shalt do all that thou doest in the name of the son and thou shalt repent and call upon god in the name of the son forevermore number nine and in the day in that day the holy ghost fell upon Adam, which beareth record of the Father and the Son, saying, I am the only begotten of the Father from the beginning, henceforth and forever, that as thou hast fallen, thou mayest be redeemed, and all mankind, even as many as will. And in that day, um, sorry, I went too fast. And in that day Adam blessed God and was filled and began to prophesy concerning all the families of the earth, saying, Blessed be the name of God, for because of my transgression my eyes are open, and in this life I shall have joy, and again in the flesh I shall see God. And this is what Eve said. And Eve, his wife, heard all these things and was glad, saying, were it not for our transgression, we never should have had seed and never should have known good and evil and the joy of our redemption and the eternal life which God giveth unto all the obedient. And Adam and Eve blessed the name of God, and they made all things known unto their sons and their daughters. So um, clearly Adam and Eve are happy that... Um, they have the opportunity to grow um, and to just progress and, and be able to have a chance to get back to God again. And so um, they were happy and thrilled that that was going to happen and we don't get that little bit of added enlightenment in all of that you read in Genesis. So, as you can see, I mean, there's a lot of, it's like a broken mirror, you know. Uh, God has a plan and Satan has done such a good job at losing some of the content from the scriptures here and there throughout time uh, so that we never get the full puzzle. But God is wiser than anyone. And so God has brought forth scriptures from different uh, parts of the world um, to, you know, testify of what the Bible says and also clarify some things and then have additional scriptures from you know different places that just bring it all together and out of the mouth of two and three witnesses shall every word be established and so you can see the whole truth about satan and his plan to destroy our agency and put us in bondage of all kinds and to lie and deceive um, and create havoc for us but the plan is always for us to get to choose whether we want to go back to live with God or not. And for that, Jesus Christ is the one that volunteered to continue to give us our uh, freedom and also to atone, to pay for the price of those mistakes that you and I choose to make, uh, to ultimately give us the opportunity to return to God's presence again. And so that is not entirely clear on just the Bible alone, but we still can be enlightened and we can still stay close to God through it. But um, I'm so glad that we have the additional scriptures. Uh, so in the Book of Mormon and in the New Testament and then in Doctrine and Covenants, um, it, everything is testified of it and and so i am going to read um 
what is on the Book of Mormon and you can see how it all comes together and to bring about his eternal purposes in the end of man after he had created our first parents and the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air and in fine all things which are created it must needs be that there was an opposition even the forbidden fruit in opposition to the tree of life the one being sweet and the other one bitter wherefore the lord god gave unto man that he should act for himself wherefore man could not act for himself save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other and i lehi according to the things which i have read must needs suppose that an angel of god according to that which is written had fallen from heaven wherefore he became a devil having sought that which was evil before god and because he had fallen from heaven and had become miserable forever he sought also the misery of all mankind Wherefore he said unto Eve, Yea, even that old serpent who is a devil, who is the father of all lies. Wherefore he said, Partake of the forbidden fruit, and ye shall not die, but ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And after Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit, they were driven out of the Garden of Eden to till the earth. <clears throat> Sorry. And they have brought forth children, yea, even the family of all the earth. And the days of the children of men were prolonged according to the will of God, that they might repent while in the flesh. Wherefore their state became a state of privation, and their time was lengthened. <coughs> according to the commandments which the Lord God had given unto the children of men. For he gave commandments that all men must repent, for he showed unto all men that they were lost because of the transgression of their parents. Number 22. And now behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden, and all things which were created must have remained in the same state in the which they were after they were created, and they must have remained forever and had no end and they would have had no children wherefore they would have remained in a state of innocence having no joy for they no, knew no misery doing no good for they knew no sin but behold all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things Adam felt that man Men might be, and men are that they might have joy. And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time, that he may redeem the children of men from the fall. And because they, because that they are redeemed from the fall, they have become free forever, knowing good from evil. To act for themselves and not to be acted upon save it be by the punishment of the law at the great and last day according to the commandments which god hath given wherefore men are free according to the flesh and all things are given them which are expedient unto man and they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. For he seeketh all men might be miserable like unto himself. It could not be more clear what Satan's plan is, and you are seeing this play out in front of us through our social media the so-called media that is the fake news um just you know making the good things look bad and the bad things look good because they call it a good name they are trying to trick us into believing it's a good thing i mean satan totally twisting the truth 
and lying and deceiving at his finest like he did way back then and uh, our bondage to Satan is at hand either we remain a slave to him by believing his lies and going down his path or we follow the freedom plan that Jesus volunteered for and that God created. Could not be more clear how this is playing out on our stage right now and yet we are blinded by Satan because we do what Satan wants and give him power. So therefore we become blind to the truth, to the things of God because we're giving more power to Satan than to God. So it really, if you want to know the truth, there's no better way than to start doing the things of God so that the scales of darkness can come off from your eyes and you can begin to see truth again. Believe me, um, Satan's trick at its finest. So Corinthians has something to say about this. Um, Christ and his atonement and 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 22. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The plan of Christ will not only clean us from our horrible sins if we choose to be baptized and accept Christ as our Savior, but just like Christ was resurrected, you and I, all of mankind will be resurrected to a perfect body that will go back to the state that the body of Adam and Eve were first at to never die again but where we go from there whether we go back to live with God or whether we're going to go and uh, have a place with Satan in misery land that's up to you and I. You choose. That's our freedom that they gave us, God and Jesus Christ. So, through Adam, we all died spiritually and physically because we were removed from God and we died physically. And through Christ, we can be brought back to God and live forever with them. We choose. So, um, this is my favorite scripture I'm going to read from the Book of Mormon. I absolutely love it. It just brings the perspective of us as parents, and it couldn't be more clear how God sees us as little children. So, here we go. Mosiah 319. For the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord and becometh as a little child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. Wow. That is powerful. In the little tiny hands of our children when they were itty-bitty, they wanted to 
do and be just like you and I. And it didn't matter whether we punished them, yelled at them, whatever it is we did to them. Those beautiful children still loved us and still just wanted to be with us and be just like us and submit themselves to no matter what we did with them. Holy cow, we will pay greatly for how we treated those beautiful children. So I hope that we can do better as they're grown, that we have better relationships with them because we've made some big mistakes, I know. It's part of being human. But that same relationship that you and I have with our beautiful children, that's the same relationship that God our Father has with us. We should want to be more like Him and hold His hand and do all that he wants us to do because he is perfect and he does no better than you and I. And he just wants the best for us. So I love that he says that we, as a natural man, we are an enemy to God unless we get close to God through the gospel and following what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, which is follow Jesus Christ and God's plan. Because God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Ghost have one purpose, to get back to God. So um, I love that scripture. And so Doctrine and Covenants... Mm, oh my gosh, so many good scriptures. I don't. Mm. Um, I am just going to read um, Alma says something about the plan, and so. Um, so I'm going to say here. Uh, it says here, And we see that death comes upon mankind, yea, the death which has been spoken by Amulek, which is the temporal death. Nevertheless, there was a space granted unto man in which he might repent. Therefore, this life became a probationary state, a time to prepare to meet God, a time to prepare for that endless state which has been spoken by us which is after the resurrection of the dead. Number 25. Now, if it had not been for the plan of redemption, which was laid from the foundation of the world, there could have been no resurrection of the dead. But there was a plan of redemption laid, which shall bring to pass the resurrection of the dead, of which has been spoken. Number 26. And now behold, if it were possible that our first parents could have gone forth and partaken of the tree of life, they would have been forever miserable, having no preparatory state, and thus the plan of redemption would have been frustrated, and the word of God would have been void, taking none effect. Number 27. But behold, it was not so, but it was appointed unto men that they must die. And after death, they must come to judgment, even that same judgment of which we have spoken, which is, which is the end. And after God had appointed that these things should come unto man, behold, then he saw that it was expedient that man should know. concerning the things whereof he had appointed unto them. Therefore he sent angels to converse with them, who caused men to behold of his glory. Number 30. And they began from that time forth to call on his name. Therefore God conversed with men and made known unto them the plan of redemption, 
which had been prepared from the foundation of the world. And this he made known unto them according to their faith and repentance and their holy works. Okay, so this is the only way you and I are going to know and put the puzzle of the plan together. It is going to be according to their faith, their repentance, and their holy works. Repentance means we stop doing bad things. Stop doing what Satan wants us to do. And then showing good works. Scales of darkness are not coming off until that happens. Number 31. Wherefore he gave commandments unto men, they having first transgressed the first commandments as to things which were temporal, and becoming as gods, knowing good from evil, placing themselves in a state to act, or being placed in a state to act according to their wills and pleasures, whether to do evil or to do good. Number 32. Therefore God gave unto them commandments after having made known unto them the plan of redemption, that they should not do evil, the penalty thereof being a second death, which was an everlasting death as to things pertaining unto righteousness. For on such the plan of redemption could have no power. I'm not done yet. I'm just taking a breather because it's so powerful. Um, for on such the plan of redemption could have no power, for the works of justice could not be destroyed according to the supreme goodness of God. But God did call on men in the name of his Son, this being the plan of redemption which was laid, saying, If ye will repent and harden not your hearts, then will I have mercy upon you through mine only begotten Son. Therefore, whosoever repenteth and harden not his heart, he shall have claim on mercy through my only begotten Son unto a remission of his sins, and these shall enter into my rest. Number 35. And whosoever will hearten his heart and will do iniquity, behold, I swear in my wrath that he shall not enter into my rest. And now, my brethren, behold, I say unto you that if ye will hearten your hearts, ye shall not enter into the rest of the Lord. Therefore, your iniquity provoketh him that he sendeth down his wrath upon you as in the first provocation, as well as the first to the everlasting destruction of your souls. Therefore, according to his word and unto the last death, as well as the first. Now, my brethren, seeing we know these things and that they are true, let us repent and harden not our hearts, that we provoke not the Lord our God to pull down his wrath upon us in these second commandments which he has given unto us. But let us enter into the rest of God, which is prepared according to the word. So, the plan here goes into full effect of what you and I have to do to have Satan stop pursuing us. Remember, he has the power to bruise our heels, but we have the power to crush his head. We are more powerful than Satan. We can do it. We just have to have faith in God and Jesus Christ and accept him and his sacrifice through baptism and living the commandments. We have to stop being evil and making bad choices. And help those around us to do the same. Once again, I'm trying to finish this. 
and stuff keeps happening. So I apologize, but let's finish this up. God will accept my sacrifices if I offer them with a willing and obedient heart. We talked about the difference between Cain's and Abel's um, offerings to God. And we talked about how our offerings of repentance, of wanting to be better and stop um, doing wickedness or, or sins, um, is our path way back to God. Um, and so the difference between Abel's offering and Cain's offering is that um, it says here that um, that Cain rejected the greater counsel from God and um, Abel was obedient to God and so God just wants us to be, um, I guess, honest with ourselves and sincere when we want to change. And he will accept wherever we're at. There's no sin that he's not willing to forgive if he knows we're ready and that we're willing to walk the path. Uh, of obedience to the commandments. Um, but Satan tries to brainwash you to think you're not worthy. You've made so many mistakes. There's no way God is going to accept your offering. That's Satan talking. But God will accept your offering as long as you are sincere and obedient and following the commandments like Abel was. And so I know that God loves us beyond what you and I could ever comprehend. He gave up his only begotten son so that you and I can have this opportunity to live with them again. And Satan wants to stop us from feeling God's love. And so I hope that we are strong enough to overcome the temptations that Satan throws at us on a daily basis. And um, that we understand that it's the good fruits, the actions, the good things that we do is what God is after. Uh, there's a scripture that says, by their fruits ye shall know them. And so any leader that claims to have our best interest at heart, look at their good works. If they have done good through their service, uh, then great. If they have not, if the 50 plus years somebody may have served as a politician, they did nothing to help the people, then those are not good works. Um, so we need to learn to look for the good fruits because God is saying, by thy fruits ye shall know them. We will know the people that are close to God because of their good works and not this fake thing that Satan sold Cain in saying, oh, take an offering to God even though you're wicked and sinful and he will accept you. We need to be sincere and ready to change. And God is ready whenever you are. And so I pray that you and I will have the strength to overcome Satan's temptations and telling us we are not worthy of God's love. We are not worthy of 
whatever the world wants to dish out at you negatively. He lies. His whole purpose is to destroy you. And for you not, not to ever, ever feel God's love for you. Because he knows that the moment you feel God's love for you, it's over. He's got no power over you. And so I pray that you and I are strong, that you and I will be able to help others feel God's love for them. Is my prayer, my wish for you, your family, your loved ones. And so with that, this is Rosa O. Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you have a great rest of your day.